0: Good evening. Welcome to the PSI Monthly Podcast. My name is Kat, and I will be your host for this evening. And on behalf of PSI Seminars, welcome to the podcast. PSI has been offering personal growth seminars around the world for over 45 years. And each month on these trainings, we explore tools and techniques from the PSI Basic Course as a free resource for you in your ongoing personal growth and self-improvement. For those of you who are new to PSI seminars and would like to find out more about our basic course, you can go to psibasicseminar.com. Tonight, we are talking about decluttering your mind. We are very excited to bring you this special training followed by a Q&A session where we will be answering your questions. First off, we have Mr. Rob Rowe with us. Rob is one of the facilitators in the basic division. He has been involved with PSI seminars for over 22 years, including the Life Success Course and Men's Leadership Seminar. Rob is an avid golfer, loves to read, and is involved in a number of charities. Rob, are you with us?
1: I am here, Kat. Good evening and welcome to our podcast this evening. As Kat said, I'll be talking about ways of decluttering our mind. Sometimes our mind gets all in a clutter, and so to use the more common verbiage, we're gonna Marie Kondo our minds. And so we're gonna look up there and find out what sparks joy and hold on to that and let go of things that don't spark a lot of joy. Some things that get clutterful in our heads tends to be we worry a lot about stuff, but we call it reflecting or thinking about things. Clutter can take the form of negative thoughts Our thoughts that we deem negative, Um, we hold on to them, we worry about them. Uh, Things that are outside of our control, um, incidents that are happening around the world that we don't have a lot of control over, but these have a tendency of dominating our thoughts and they get all caught up inside of ourselves. Um, Sometimes we hold on to a lot of emotions or negative experiences or experiences that don't serve us. We think about them over and over and over again, and we create some sort of movie in our head that clutters up what we want to do. Uh, Sometimes we get ourselves so cluttered that we start creating a lot of resentment toward things that don't need to have a lot of resentment on. Our past hurts, or we feel like we're angry about things, or a certain sadness keeps coming over and over again. And so we live a habit. We get into a habitual pattern of uh, thinking about stuff that doesn't serve us. Tony Robbins once said that uh, he doesn't believe a lot of the uh, stuff that we find ourselves addicted to, like uh, alcohol or drugs, is the real culprit. He goes, what seems to be the real issue in America is that we tend to be addicted to our problems. We like to think about and talk to other people about problems. We get together and discuss the problems. And discussing our problems over and over, we solidify those habitual p- patterns in our brain and they become clutter that we follow without even realizing we're following it. A lot of times clutter takes the form of external distractions where the things distract us and get us off course, get us out of, the, out of the routine and what we want to deal with. And so with the constant sensory input that we have going around our world nowadays, it's pretty easy to get distracted. It's pretty easy to not realize that we're all caught up uh, in the cell phone. We're all caught up in uh, playing a game or being somewhere else. Or I was with my dad this last weekend, and I was amazed on how much my sister was on the phone. And It's on the phone so much that my dad accepts it as a reality. They'll sit there and have something like a conversation while she's constantly on the phone, texting or being somewhere else. And so... This is clutter that gets in our way. And so here are some ways. I put together a few ways that um, that will assist you in battling clutter, that will assist you in overcoming clutter. One of the first things that I personally do is I start accepting what is. Acceptance is a hard process in that it's not something that we do so much that we, so much so that we, oh, um, well, let's say we let go of or we surrender to. Accepting that this is the way my life is or this is the way the world is doesn't mean this is the way it's always going to be. It just means this is the way that it is right now. See, in our advanced classes, we talk about transformation. It's our second class uh, life success course. And it's a transformative class because it deals with uh, change and it's a transformational process. And this process starts off with a thing called acceptance. And we're accepting the resistance that we're experiencing within us. And so, to accept anything around you, you have to give up what you think you already know. You think your life is supposed to be a certain way, or you think that the light is supposed to be green, or you think that Walmart is supposed to be open, but it's not. And so, in accepting what's in your life, first and foremost, it relieves you of the need to hold on to a lot of clutter it relieves you of the need to have to go through these reruns in your mind about how you're going to be late or what's gonna happen if this were to take place or what's gonna take happen when that happens. And so just accepting what's in front of you right now, that is the first big step, I believe, when it comes to decluttering your mind. Because what happens is we're not accepting what's going on inside of us, we're now resisting what's going on inside of us and. When we end up resisting it, we're cataloging it, or we're reorganizing it, or we're trying to put it in some sort of pattern for it to make sense. And uh, when we accept what it is, we let go of that need, and we just are experiencing being in here and being in the now versus trying to categorize the here and the now and try to make it sense based on our past experiences or based on our future expectations. And so... Acceptance. Acceptance is big. And allow yourself just to accept what is. Another thing that I have worked on a lot in the last few years, especially, is the second thing I want to talk about is allow yourself to release what I refer to as guilt and certain fears. Guilt is not really an emotion, but we feel like it's an emotion. We take it on as an emotion ocean Guilt is when you've uh, violated some command and so you're guilty of speeding or you're uh, guilty of um, breaking the law and so you had a law that you've broken. But we've embodied it. We've now made it an experience. It's a feeling that we put on ourselves all the time. Um, I should be a different way. Uh, and so the first way to release guilt especially is allow yourself to let go of the shoulds. Your life shouldn't be different. You shouldn't be rich. You shouldn't be this. You shouldn't be that. You are what you are. So part of the acceptance process comes up once again. And so stop shooting on yourself and start reflecting and noticing that you do. I did not realize how much I did when I started working with this. I do a lot of shoulds. Uh, I should be in a different place right now. I should be having more boxes packed. Uh, without even realizing it, we do a lot of shoulds, and that puts on an expectation quality that we don't need in ourselves. Other thing is start noticing about your thought processes. One of the things that Einstein said was that the most challenging thought process or the most challenging vibration to hold on to is this vibration of being excited about what you have or this vibration about – Um, Gratitude. Gratitude is a very challenging vibration to hold on to. And so allow yourself to start looking at your world and notice what you're grateful for. Actually look at your world and make some positive affirmations about what's happening around you. Um, This has been my big practice in this year, and I actually found out they have an app for it. They have an app for gratitude, 365 days of gratitude. Um, And it's really kind of fun because it does keep me in remembrance of it throughout the day. Uh, It always starts off with a nice little quote, but it's been my huge challenge to be grateful for what my world is about. Um, One of the things my mom bestowed upon me was that she was rather... Uh, negative, and um, she processed everything in a, in a very you know, vindictive or negative pattern. And uh, being a good son, I kind of picked up that pattern myself. And so breaking myself of that pattern has been a huge challenge. Even in 20 years of doing this work, I did not realize how valuable it was to let go and start being grateful for what's in my world. Grateful is a huge energy that you can start pulling together that will help you release a lot of guilt and a lot of fear around your life. Another thing is to focus on quality versus quantity. A lot of times we think we need to have a lot, and we don't really need to have a lot. We need to have uh, the quality is what you're after. See, It's the quality of the relationship versus the quantity of relationships. And so instead of texting other people while you're in relationship with someone in front of you, actually be with them. You create quality by you being engaged and being involved in things and so You will focus on quality versus quantity. Quality is always best. And then ultimately, forgive yourself. To release a lot of guilt and fear, you've got to learn how to forgive yourself. And I think we all know when we have forgiven, but we all have a challenge in forgiving. I think it's a challenging thing to do uh, because we have to give up some stuff. Uh, To give as we had to give as as before, as uh, Chuck Morrison always calls it, Forgiveness is being able to give as before. In other words, operate as you did before the event took place. So somehow turning the event instead of a negative expectation or negative energy on it, you have to transform it into a positive. In other words, you're going to move it into a new light where it no longer brings guilt and anger, but now it brings wisdom. You know that you have have conquered something because it now brings you wisdom when you reflect on it, versus anger or despair or fear. And so, practice forgiving. Practice forgiving. Um, major, major part of that we talk about in the basic is you got to switch your focus. Um, stop, start. Start. Uh, instead of blaming others, start trying to understand yourself. Instead of focusing outside and saying, what's bad happening out here, start looking at yourself and why am I operating in this particular way? And when you start understanding how you're operating, then you can actually begin to forgive yourself and to accept yourself and let that go. And then finally, ultimately, it's like to release guilt and fear, you got to create a completely different relationship with fear. One of the things I've learned when I was working with Psy7 a lot is that I read a lot about fear and did a lot of research on fear, and I I realized fear, rather than being a stop sign in our life, is a lot of us have gotten to the place where it's become a stop sign. Fear is no longer a stop sign for me. It's actually, it's it's the racehorse that you jump on top of. It's the retro rockets that you use to power the engine. Fear is the energy. Leaders use fear. They integrate fear into their decisions. Matter of fact, many leaders won't make a decision until fear is present because it amps them up, it amps you up, it amps me up into certain levels. And I'll remind you, when you were a small child, if it wasn't scary, it really wasn't worth your time. And so fear is important. So create a different relationship with fear. Don't let it stop here. So that's releasing guilt and fear. Another thing about decluttering your mind is let go of control. Control is our, our, is our way of trying to be in charge or trying to be over, over, over something or trying to have the upper hand in a scenario. See, control is a survival emotion. There's five or six of them that tend to get in our way. And so control is a survival emotion. And when you choose to be in control, what you're allowing to, 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 to no longer experience, you're allowing yourself to no longer experience, is this thing called passion and empathy. Seeing control, what happens is now you don't have to deal with reality the way it is, now you're trying to control it and make it the way you want it to be, therefore eradicating passion and empathy. And so if you notice there's no passion and empathy in your life, it's because you're trying to be in control of many things. The hair on our head is there to remind us daily that we're not in control. And so allow yourself to accept once again and let go of the need to be in control. Suspects under the need to be in control are things like being right. You always got to be right about what you're doing. Uh, You got to look good in what you're doing. These are also survival energies. So you got to be comfortable um, in what you're doing, or you want people to like you in what you're doing. These things rob you of wonder and discovery. See, when you try to be right, you rob yourself of wonder and discovery. And when you try to look good, you rob yourself of character developments. See, it's doing something where we don't look good to other people that we actually develop our character. Because we got to make sense of what just happened and why we did what we just did. And so we understand the layers and the complexities of what it is to be you or be a human being. And so rather than trying to look good externally, now you you allow yourself just to be yourself. And being yourself, you're, you're a complex, integrated being. You have much going on inside of you. And uh, you have desires and you have um, beliefs and you have ways of being uh, that don't always seem to coexist. And that's part of the discovery of who you are. And whenever we choose comfort, we're always letting go courage. Whenever you're in a place where you can actually be courageous, you're choosing comfort over being courageous. Then you're robbing yourself of an advantage of becoming more of a human being. And when you try to be liked by other people, now you're not longer accepting yourself. See, these survival emotions, they get in our way, and so allow yourself to let them go. Do not worry about being in in control, or being right, or being liked, or being comfortable all the time, or looking good. But allow yourself to grow as a human being. And the big thing about... decluttering our mind is allowing yourself to visualize what's important to you. This is paramount in many ways. Uh, We use this a lot throughout all of our seminars. Visualization, in other words, creating a visual image of yourself Creating what you want its how manifestation happens. So see, creating a visual image of who you are five years from now, or when you actually complete this particular project, or when you actually achieve this goal. Getting so clear on and visual that you can only see it, but you feel what you would feel when you experience it. Putting the visualization, the mental image, and the emotional feelings toward anything will create a or manifest what it is that you want in your life. And so be mindful what's important to you Form mental image and jam these mental images with emotions. And these are techniques that can be used to like bring about what you want in your world. And it'll declutter things because now you'll be, be far more decisive. You'll make things happen faster. Um, and working that thing out. Another thing that I do with it, my personal, uh, visualizations is that I do, uh, I meditate on a daily basis. I meditate anywhere from, I don't know, 40 minutes to an hour or so. And I always finish off my meditations with vivid visualizations on how I will be, or who I will become, and bringing the emotion to that of how I will feel once I become that. I find that to be extremely valuable when I'm trying to declutter my mind. And then another method, another way we can use it to clutter our minds is basically focus your life force or your life energy. This is becoming a new theorem within the world, but um, we're beginning to use it. We've used it for a long long time in the uh, personal growth work, um, but people are beginning to understand it more and more, and that is focusing our life energy, our life force. You have a life force. You have an energy. You actually feel that energy off of other people, Um, And they can feel that energy off of you. Um, It's said that uh, with uh, certain detectors, you can actually see the energy emanating from our bodies um, when we're under certain uh, fields of calibration. I don't understand that stuff very much, so I'll try not to deal with it. One of the ways of focusing your energy is allow yourself to notice what you're contemplating. Contemplation is a form of meditation, but it's a deep reflective thought process. And so you allow yourself times to start contemplating who you are, what's in front of you, what do you want, who do you want to become. And contemplating these kind of things, you create an energy source around you. And this deep energy source actually is a um, source that, that will attract what you want to your world. And so when you start contemplating this inside and becoming really clear about it, it declutters that part of your mind where you're lost. You're not sure where you want to go. You're not sure of what you want to be. You're not sure of who you are. And so deep contemplation at these levels creates a completely different energy around you. and allows you to create what it is you want. And then another aspect that I've been working with over the years is allowing myself or allow yourself to become vulnerable. I'll tell you right now, this takes practice. We are complex human beings, as I stated earlier, and allowing yourself to become vulnerable means you're gonna open yourself up to where people can see you in ways that you're not comfortable with. Um, You're afraid of not looking good with. And so, start working with allowing yourself to be vulnerable. Brene Brown once said, what makes you vulnerable also makes you beautiful. And so if you start seeing it as it's the beauty of who you are, When you start opening up and being vulnerable, some of us get so shut down that we're not even vulnerable to ourselves. And so ways to become vulnerable is, first off, accepting that you're a worthy person. If you can't love yourself, nobody else is. And so start accepting that you are worthwhile and you you are meaningful and you matter. Another way is to start becoming aware of your flight tendencies, we always have an exit strategy or flight tendencies that we use, and so become aware of those, and when you're aware of them, then you can shut them down before they happen. Because what happens is when you have a chance of becoming vulnerable, there's this little flight tendency or this 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 tendency of you just say, no, 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 shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. Well, once you become more aware of that, then you can start shutting that down, which will allow yourself to become vulnerable around people around you. Um, Allow yourself to acknowledge that you're enough. I think a lot of times we let ourselves get overwhelmed with what's happening around us. And uh, we don't realize, no, it's happening around you because you can handle it. It would not be happening if you could not handle it. Your body creates what you need. And so whatever difficulty is happening around you, it's happening around you because you are able to handle it. And it's going to give you a message. It's going to make you a wiser human being because of it. And so you acknowledging and realizing that you can handle this, you can handle the things that are around you because you're enough, that's going to give you a big step up when, you become, when you're when become allowing yourself to become vulnerable and open. Share your experiences. In all of our seminars, we have people sharing, sharing, sharing. We're always sharing what's going on inside of us. We have to say it out loud for us to actually experience it in a, in a powerful way. And so sharing it with others empowers you and empowers them as well. Um, It's not only amazing for them, but it allows you to get it out and see it in a different way, which allows you to experience it in a different way. And so know that in the very act of becoming vulnerable, you allow yourself to become invulnerable. It's a weird paradox. But what happens is that in becoming vulnerable, now the things that you thought were going to bother you no longer will bother you because you become open and decluttered about them. Uh, Another way is to reflect on what's not serving you in your life and letting it go. What thought processes, what habits, what beingnesses are you holding on to that no longer serve you? They served you at one time. They were effective when you were growing up in that particular area. Um, But identification of those and letting them go uh, because they no longer spark joy, as Ms. Kondo says, no longer sparks joy inside of you. There are one times where doing certain things were extremely valuable for you, but no longer are they valuable for you. And so it's time to let them go. Um, Sometimes we can find ourselves even embarrassed by them, um, but they're habits that no longer serve us. So let them go. And then ultimately, when you're decluttering your mind, one of the biggest things that's valuable is allow yourself to journal. Get your thoughts out. Put them down on paper. Get them out of there floating around in your brain and write them down. It's one of the best ways to declutter your mind It's journaling, journaling, journaling. Um, it's been a, It's been a discipline that I have struggled with throughout my life. I always say that there's no time or I'm running out of time or whatever, but I'll tell you right now, the more and more I have done it, it has been the times in my life that I grow the most and have found myself to be the least distracted and the least cluttered up in my head because I'm writing stuff down on paper. So I cannot emphasize as much to tell you as well to start journaling and getting things down on paper. And so these are some ways that um, you got to practice with. Uh, when you put them all together, you start doing them on a daily basis, you will find your mind actually becoming clutter-free. You'll becoming decluttered and you'll find out what's valuable for you, what's important for you, and you'll operate more at a higher level Um, because you won't be so distracted by the cluttering thought processes that have imbued themselves upon your psyche and inside your head. And so it can be fun, it can be aggravating, but it's well worth it and it's deserving at the end. So, Kat, with that said, are there any questions?
0: Yes, we've got a bunch of questions. Uh, Before we go into questions, I just want to take a moment for everyone on the call who has not yet done our classes... If you want more tools to support you in decluttering your mind, the basic course has extremely effective techniques that you can put into practice right away to achieve goals beyond what you previously thought possible. And for the results you really want to create in your life, at the PSI Basic Seminar, you get to uncover your limiting beliefs, discover what has been holding you back from living the life of your dreams, whatever that is for you. The Basic is an experiential class where you will be immersed in powerful exercises and get to explore who you are, what you really want, and how to get where you want to go. Again, if there's anything you want more, better, or different for yourself in your life, then go to psibasicseminar.com and get registered for the next PSI Basic. We hold classes in cities across the country, so find a location and date that works for you. Again, that's psi-basic-seminar. Dot com. Now for some questions. First off from AA wants to know how to prevent the stress and anxiety of others from becoming my own.
1: All right. AA, That's a good question. Because a lot of times we'll embody what's happening around us. One of the reasons that you're making it your own is because you're not allowing yourself to deal with your own stress and your own anxiety. Um, whatever we don't work on internally, we'll find externally to work on. And so, the best way to alleviate yourself uh, and to um, put up, so let's say, a, uh, the fortress around you, is to start noticing why, what stresses are going on inside of you, what anxieties do you have, and what you are not addressing in your own life. And so, once you look internally and start seeing, oh. The reason I'm experiencing such and such a stress is because internally I'm dealing with a lot of stress. I'm really concerned that I'm losing my hair. I'm really concerned that I'm getting older. I'm really concerned about my bank account. I'm really concerned about some things that I have not addressed in my life. And so anything that you're experiencing from the outside is because it's happening on the inside. And so for you to look internally and once you face those, alleviate those um, in my world, mature them, grow them, to where they become even stronger and more powerful. Because stress is just a misused energy. That's all it is. And so what you're doing is you're um, allowing yourself to worry about something that you have little control over. So once you, the way you mature it simply is to realize that you can handle everything. And you can handle what's going on in your world. You're more than enough. And uh, you've handled everything that's gotten you here this far. And so to trust yourself and in yourself, now the stress no longer is stressful. So yeah, just know that whatever you're experiencing externally is actually happening internally. Look inside, alleviate it there, and you will no longer experience it from the outside. Kat, next question.
0: Yes. Next from TD. Focus. Fear is my primary block. I have the skills. What is the best motivator to take action?
1: Fear is your primary block. You're already taking actions based on that fear. And that's trying to be protective and taking care of yourself. And so you're living once again in a survival emotion. Um, And I know it's a difficult one to get over. I know because I've personally, it's been my struggle my whole life. Uh, I have gotten to the habit of um, fearing an outcome versus being excited about an outcome and not realizing how much of a detriment that's been to me. And so even in a mental way, I can understand its detriment and its its lack of luster in my world, but it's still very challenging to transform into something that's better. You know in your heart, you gotta love it. You gotta love what you want and that's the best way to create action in it. Doing what you want to versus doing what you have to. This is a big energy shift for all of us that we must do. And so you gotta look at, okay, what am I afraid of? What's really at the base of it? What's gonna happen? What am I afraid of? Because my thing is I'm always afraid of what I'm gonna look like or afraid of what people will think of me or afraid that I'm not enough, these kind of things. And so identifying what I'm truly afraid of and then once again, affirmations, allowing yourself to see that no, that's not true. It's not true that I'm not enough. It's not true that I can't handle this. It's not true. And then creating a new relationship with that fear to where you're able to use it to step over and into what you want versus letting it stopping what you want. Uh, There's a lot of neat little acrostics for fear, but fear is your friend. It can't energize you. And as I said earlier, it's one of the things that it's a a retro rock in a lot of leaders lives. And so allowing yourself to stay aware of what it is you really want to create with your world. This is what I've had to do in my world. Who do I really want to become? Do I want to become a man of fear who's motivated by what he's afraid of? Or do I want to become a man of love whose vision is drawn forward because of what he wants? So ultimately, those two fight up in my head quite often. And sometimes fear wins, but most of the time, love is winning, and I'm becoming a better man because of it. So I'm not sure if that helps exactly. It's more of a f- theoretical kind of concept for that one. But um, with the kids, I'll tell you what we simply do is we tell them to turn their have to's into want to's. And so one of the best ways to create action is to look at what you think you have to do and look at why you want to do it and focus on why you want to do it versus on why you have to do it. Once it becomes a want to, then you get really excited and then you can make it happen. In the adult world, I always say make love because you have to, make love because you want to, which one's more fun? Creating things into want-tos will always create a desire to get it done and make it happen. And that starts off with your thinking. All of our classes are designed off that. To think is to create. So what are you thinking about it? And now create a different thought about it so you can want to do it. I hope that helps. Kat, next question?
0: Next from R.S., how do I get my mind to stop racing and overthinking?
1: Overthinking is a fear base. Once again, it's a survival base instinct. Um, we're trying to be in control of something. Um, and we're f- afraid of actually taking action. Uh, one of the techniques that I've used and it's been helpful also for decluttering my mind is making decisions. Uh, in one of our classes, we talk about a thing called an, an, an analyst or a way they see the world. And I would fall into that category. And that happens to do a lot with overthinking and trying to be right and try, afraid of being wrong, things like that. So what I've used personally is just make a decision. Once I make a decision, then i got to make another decision. And then I can make another de- decision. And so I fall in love with making the decisions and moving forward based off of that um, and that helps out a lot second thing is get some support um, get someone who will support you and stop, stop overthinking my wife she's great support cuz she doesn't overthink she just makes decisions and she moves on with things and so she's good at that way so we have a good we're, we're a good support group and so she can see you're kind of overthinking this a bit and I go <clears throat> yeah I guess I am cuz I'm afraid of it not going correctly or afraid of what I want see and then one of the illustrations I've been using also in my life is this one. The thing is to win, not to look like you're winning. Playing not to lose, being afraid, operating from that way, and not making a decision. That's, that's what's happening in your scenario. And so you're trying to make it look like you're winning versus actually winning. Winning takes a fortification of belief in yourself and belief in what you can create and what you can handle. Um, it's one of the things that we're dealing big time with the basic. You can't just do the basic. You be the basic. You believe. We have to believe in these techniques for them to actually work for us. And so part, part, part of the belief is believing in yourself. So start believing in yourself. You're in this scenario. You can handle it. Overthinking only brings you down a tube that does no food. And so just make a decision and move from there. No, no decision is a wrong decision. Hope that helps. Kat, next
0: question. Next from ME What tools can you suggest to stay focused?
1: <clears throat> the tool I use really um, is meditation. Meditation is a way of thinking. It's a way of reflection. There's many different uh, versions of meditation out there. Uh, there's people who use, you know, like we we use a lot of cycles in our in our meditation processes within our basic classes, um, and all I can tell you is start getting in the practice of meditation. Uh, approach whatever you want there's it's it, what I've learned is that you will find the meditation that works for you uh, that's what I've found with every human being out there and so I'm not going to try to just say you should meditate this way you should meditate that way or you should listen to meditations or you should it's, it's totally up to you you'll find one that works for you and, and so start meditating meditating quiets the mind it gets you focused on who you are gets you focused on what you want. And when you're clear in the mind and focused, then all of a sudden you start becoming that person who you are and what you want. Lack of focus generally means you've lost your value somewhere. You've forgotten which value is most important in a scenario or situation. And so um, meditation is a huge tool that I use for that. In a moment, we do visualizations. If I need to get focused like right now, you'll see a lot of – you see athletes do this a lot. Uh, basketball is big right now you'll see them sitting at the free throw line and they're going through a visual routine um, but they might be doing it physically they might be flipping their hand or whatever but it's a visual routine that they're going through and they're seeing themselves make the shot make the shot, make the shot golfers, they do this a lot they stand behind and they visualize the shot they see the shot what's important about visualization is allow yourself not only to see the mental picture but let yourself feel what you feel what you would feel once it's completed let yourself feel that emotion, that elation, that excitement of having completed and achieved what it is that you want. So visualizations, meditations, and um, what I find fortify both of those is journaling. The more I journal and get clear on who I want to become, uh, the easier it is for me to visualize it and see it. And so meditation, visualization, and journaling. These are the big three when it comes to staying focused. I hope that hope that helps. Cat, next question.
0: Next from L.E., how do I find out what I want out of life?
1: I think by questioning, because I think about my own life process. And the thing is, i have always trying to figure out who I want to become or what do I want out of my life. Um, once I reflect more and more on them. I started becoming clearer and clearer on what it is I want to become and what I want to have. One of the reasons I started working with this company 23, 24 years ago was because I'm in a seminar all the time. Uh, My life is a seminar. So I constantly are reflecting on who I want to become, what do I want, um, how I can teach this, how I can make this make sense to other people, how I can create a visual image in their minds so that they can figure out and become the kind of person that they want to become. The truth of the matter is very simple. You are already that person. It always goes back to the Wizard of Oz. You know, Dorothy's trying to get home. Um, and the uh Scarecrow's looking for a brain. And Cowardly Lion wants courage. And the Tin Man wants to have a heart. And when we get to the end of it, we find out that the scarecrow always made the decisions, always came up with the ideas. Uh, when someone had to operate from a place of courage, it was the... Cowardly lion, all the time. And who was always rusting up because he was crying. That was a tin man, the one without a heart. So he always had a heart. They always had courage. And we get to the end with Dorothy. Dorothy was never not home, she was always at home. What you want is already inside you, it's calling to you. And so you just follow the path. Part of the path is asking, What do I want? Where do I want to go? Who do I want to become? And a lot of times you realize who you want to become by becoming something that you don't want to become. By seeing things in others that you don't want to become. And so, it's a life process. Because you don't want a thing. You want something inside you. You want to become somebody. That's what you're really after. That's what we're all after. And ultimately being in, in connection with one another. Realizing that we're somehow all connected. And actually feeling that. And engaging in the power of that. And so stay on the quest. You're in a good space. Keep asking and uh, always be open for the answers that are coming to you. Kat,
0: next question. Yes. And I'll add on to that. Sometimes those answers show up and we don't listen. So asking and listening. I
1: agree.
0: Uh, Next up from SS. How do you prioritize when everything (laughs) seems important?
1: because that's the key word it seems important everything seems important but it isn't well actually it is everything has a certain importance to it and so but it's not all equal and so the way i do it is simply journaling is a big tool that i use in breaking down what's happening in my world or writing it down now when i journal i don't always write it down i sometimes i have a you know a big word document where i type things in i like to type sometimes and so I use that. Um, but actually getting it out of my head on paper, now it's easier for me to see, oh okay, this is gonna affect that, that's gonna affect that, that's gonna affect that. And so I can prioritize it and set it up. Um, Kat said that I'm an avid golfer. A few years ago I started using the, doing the basic more than I've done any other class and so my schedule has changed drastically. And so, in the chat, in that drastic change, all of a sudden, everything seemed like you're talking about. Everything suddenly seemed very important, um, and so I had to pull it all out of my head. And what I realized so doing I was able to see learning the basic is important Uh, becoming myself is actually more important than learning the basic but learning the basic is part of becoming myself and then I was able to prioritize that and then what happened was golf fell down to the very bottom of the list because what I realized was more important in golf is my relationship with my wife and so I find on the weekends that are off I have a tendency of spending time with her Um, and being around her more so so she can be around me and so we can still keep creating the relationship that we wanted. So getting it out of my head on paper, I was able to see what was most important and frustrating sometimes, but sometimes it's very liberating. I don't play golf half as much as I used to. Still read, but don't play golf half as much as I used to Um, because I realized that was not a high priority. The exercise factor is important and being around other people is important. But it wasn't as important as nurturing the relationship that I have been in for 15 years and I want to be in for the rest of my life. So get them on a paper. Also, another thing I find kind of good is that talk to someone else about it. Share your list. Because what you think is important sometimes because you can't see it, someone will look at you and go, no, 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 no. you you got to do that. You love that. Why would you let that out? Maria is really good at sharing stuff with me. And so I can always help her break down her priorities um, and put put them in a proper perspective. Uh, Because I know her well enough to know that, no, no, if you don't do that, you know, you're not going to be happy. Or if you don't have that in your world, come on, you love to cook. And so that's able to break it down. So journaling it, getting it out, sharing it with somebody else that you trust uh, will definitely help you prioritize things. I hope that gives you some insight. Kat, next question.
0: Next from C.H. Why am I so inconsistent? I'm easily distracted. When I'm on, I'm on. And when I'm off, I'm off.
1: Why does it bother you that you were inconsistent? That's one question I would ask. Uh, more than likely, you're really good at what you do. Um, and so you're looking at yourself and saying that you're coming up short or you're coming up wanting for some reason. Um, and so allow yourself to be okay with being on when you're on and being off when you're off. Uh, let yourself accept that. Then when you accept it, it no longer holds power over you. Then you can start prioritizing and based off your values, you will be on when you need to be on, and you will be off when you need to be off. And you'll see the pattern there that works for you. So first off, acceptance. You're who you are. There's some people in this world, once again, the basic, we have this thing called the behavior matrix, and uh, your, your categories we referred to a lot of times where all of a sudden they're hugely Focused, involved, and all of a sudden, squirrel—they're looking off to the side because they got some, some shiny object caught their attention. And so, instead of seeing the malady or the or the or the thing that seems to be antithetical to what you want, start looking at what you're good at. You probably have a fantastic personality. More than likely, you're highly engaging. Uh, you're probably extremely creative. More than likely, you can um, sell virtually anything. Start looking at what you do do well, and focus on those things. Um, and then start looking at the ones where you want to get better at and see why you want to get better at them and so accept who you are and then be reflective and contemplative around it um, and in so doing you will elevate yourself as a human being and what's also might be valuable for you is to get some coaching uh, I've noticed people in those kind of scenarios if they had some coaching we have this 90-day program called PLD, but it's 90 days of coaching. And it's it's a phenomenal, an amazing program that creates a, a great deal of new disciplines within your system. Uh, in my experience of it, my experience sense of it, I found the value of coaching is more than I ever realized. And so, get some coaching externally. They'll keep you on track and keep you on board toward what you want. Um, as long as you accept yourself, and see what, and start focusing on what you're doing well, and you become your biggest fan. Next question, Kat.
0: Next from PU. I can't seem to get myself to do what I know what I need to do that I know is good for me.
1: And you've stepped into the human condition. You are like many of us. What's happened is that we tend to become undisciplined with our emotions and we tend to become undisciplined with our thoughts. One of the things that we do with with these seminars is to think is to create And so we start looking at what we're thinking all day and what's going on in our head. You go through around 70 to 60 to 70,000 mind messages are going off in your mind on a daily basis. And so the point is start looking at what you're actually saying to yourself over and over and over again. 60 to 70,000, that's around a novel, small novel, you're writing a day about yourself. And so it starts, for, for you to start becoming reflective, what am I writing about myself? What am I saying about myself? Over and over and over again. And then more than likely, what you'll find, there's a pattern you have going on inside there that is, I can't seem to prioritize. I can't seem to get focused on what I want. I don't seem to do what I, what I think, I don't seem to do what I need to do at the right time. And so you find out that you're not valuing yourself. And so the point is, start to value yourself. Start to accept yourself and start thinking that way in your own mind. Start seeing yourself accomplishing things as opposed to having this pattern of not accomplishing things. Because if you're able to say, I never finish, I never get it done, I guarantee you, you have some little pattern that's going on because you allowed yourself uh, to get into this emotional habit of not finishing. This, this pattern is beginning to take place. And so now you gotta break the pattern up by thinking differently about who you are. I'm a man of my word destined for greatness. I'm a man who gets things done. I'm a woman who finishes. I'm a woman who's known for finishing things. You, you gotta start thinking those things about yourself. And you gotta start creating that p- pattern or, or that habitual thought process going on inside of yourself. And then over a period of time, it will start becoming true. Because what's happening right now in your life is happening because you believe it's true. You believe you're not a finisher. You believe that you don't get things done and it doesn't matter. Something something like that's going off in your mind a million times a day. And so it'll create the new thought process, which creates a new habitual pattern. And that new pattern will basically create a new action. And that action will be, I'm a finisher. I get things done. So we look at our world sometimes, and I realize this, we look at our world sometimes, we think, I don't know why I'm the way I am. I don't know what happened. I just, you know, what? well, you're, you're the way you are, and every one of us is the way we are because of the way we're thinking. How we're thinking about ourselves is creating our reality. Your finances are how you think about money. Your wealth consciousness is a part of that financial picture. And so whatever you have is what you believe you deserve. I know this to be true because it's what you have. And so you look at your results, often harsh, always fair. You look at your results and say, do I like what I'm creating right now? And if it's not what you're creating, you create new thoughts. Your relationships are the way they are because that's the way you believe they're supposed to be. Your finances, because that's the way you believe. Believe is a honed in thought process that's got emotional energies all wrapped around it now and it's happening over and over again. Part of our classes is busting up those beliefs. It's the transformational process that you find in sci 7 It's the leadership process that you find in our leadership classes. You're the one who takes control of your thoughts, not allowing your thoughts to take control of you. What happens to, we get, see, thoughts are um, energies that we create within the body. Thoughts create energies which are emotions. Those emotions happen within the body. And sometimes we get um, addicted to certain emotional patterns. um, Anger, uh, sadness, um, depression, um, and once you get once you get addicted to the pattern, then you got to keep thinking that way to create the create the emotion. So you keep so you keep having that addictive behavior taking, taking place inside you all the time. So that's just because we got blacks or we got um, undisciplined when it comes to our thought processes. So start noticing what you're thinking and start thinking what you want to think. Start meditating what you want to meditate. Start journaling what you want to journal. And then you'll see some real results happening in your life and tell people. I always find that amazing. We don't, we, we try to do it all on our own or all in our minds or all in our own little heads. And the truth is, no, tell somebody because once you tell somebody now it becomes even more real and get somebody that will support you, support you in creating what you want. Kat, Next question.
0: Next from DD is my cluttered mind and house connected?
1: Oh yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, if you look at any pictures of Einstein, you'll always notice Einstein's desk is always a clutter. So he uh, he he loved this little concept. Um, and in his mind, it may look like a clutter, but he knew exactly where everything is and so what you want to look at am i aware of the clutter in my house but am i aware of it in such a way that it's an organized clutter or is it truly merely a clutter and you start looking at that clutter and that clutter will give you some insight of your own internal mental clutter that's going on because a lot of times we have stuff in our minds that we hold up there because we just you know we're distracting ourselves but it's all very well organized and very well put together and so start noticing what's what's what do you see in your world? Like a lot of times for years, my desk was always a clutter, but I could tell you virtually everywhere. Three piles, three three piles of paper underneath that, you're gonna find this particular page, it says this kind of stuff. And I was very clear on my clutter. And uh, um, and what I my biggest challenge in the last year. Uh, has been to declutter my 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 personal environment. In other words, start putting things back where they belong, start organizing things in certain ways and start decluttering my desk and it's been it's been a challenge. It's been a challenge. And I can't say I do it all the time because right now I'm looking at a rather cluttered desk, but I'm also in the movie process, so I can say it's excuse. But yeah, what you see outside is also happening inside but actually get what's really happening on the outside. Because a lot of times we'll say, "What's well, a clutter, that means I'm a mess. No, no, sometimes it means that you're highly intelligent and really uh, chaotically organized, um, which is a skill set. And so start appreciating who you are and what you have and actually look at it. Or is it just a bunch of junk on a desk? And if it's a bunch of junk on the desk, you clean it, you start cleaning you. Because <laughs> that means you had a bunch of junk in your head. You start cleaning it up, you start cleaning up your desk. They both affect each other. Sometimes we do things externally to find it happening internally, and sometimes we have to do things internally to find it happening externally. But you start cleaning one or the other up, it will affect the other. Kat, next question.
0: Next from CB. When I'm feeling overwhelmed, I know that is blocking me from my goals. How do I better manage my mental state so I don't get stuck?
1: You got to ask yourself, why are you creating overwhelmness? Everything in your life is always the same. It's our way of seeing it that makes it overwhelming. And so, I ask you, what's the need to be overwhelmed right now? What am I checking out of? What am I trying to become distracted around? What's actually going on in me? Because you're creating overwhelm. We always, but that's that's our that's our job. That's what we do. Um, and so, start asking yourself. What's why are you creating overwhelm? A lot of times we're trying to comfort ourselves or or uh, pillow ourselves from um, the fear of not from um, not looking good or the fear of being out of control or the fear of vulnerability or or the fear of being found out. Um, there's are some types of personalities, we'll call them kind of a, they tend to be drama people where they create drama and overwhelm all the time so as to keep the focus off of themselves or actually keep the focus on themselves. And so the first and foremost point is you're creating overwhelm. And now ask yourself why. What are you getting out of it? Because there's something you're getting out of it or you wouldn't do it. Something positive you're getting out of it or you wouldn't do it. It's one of the biggest challenges of self-reflection. you got to look at what's happening, and people will say, well, no, it's a negative. It's neither negative nor positive. It's just what's happening. You're generating overwhelm. Overwhelm is not negative. Overwhelm is not positive. Overwhelm just is. So once you allow yourself to see that's just what it is now, why am I creating it? What does it benefiting me? Oh, oh, okay. I don't have to deal with this part of my life. Oh, okay I don't have to work with this part of my system and so the overwhelm is part of the distraction and can become a clutter if you were to look at it and so why are you creating overwhelm and now can you use something else that will benefit you instead of overwhelm clarity, focus, um, because um, once you see, wow, well, you know, the benefit is this, and then the cost is, we always, we're big things about benefits and costs. You got to see, first off, why you're doing it, then what's the cost of doing it? Um, the cost of, of looking good is that you're no longer developing your character, no, no longer character development's happening. And so you got to say, is that worth it? No, I want to become a human being. I want to realize my complexities. I want to understand who I am. I want to authenticate utilizing a Jungian term. Um, And so uh, it's distracting or stopping me from doing that. And so it's no longer, I don't, it's not worth the benefit I'm getting out of it. And so now you'll make a choice in your mind. And from that choice, you'll transform into a different person. So it's a moving process like that. Ask yourself why, what's the benefit, what's the cost. And how can you replace it? Kat, next question.
0: Yeah, certainly all of our classes focus on um, greater self-awareness. And for all of our listeners who have not yet done our classes, I was hoping before we wrap up the call, you could take just a couple of minutes to share about uh, the series of classes that PSI offers and what's different than other seminars out there.
1: Well, let's see. We have uh, three main classes that we offer. We have the thing called uh, the basic seminar. The basic seminar uh, is, they're all experiential learnings. I'll tell you that right now. Um, Experiential learnings means you do something to discover something. You do some action, you perform some action to discover something, uh, to find out something about yourself. And so you're not just theorizing it or reading it from a book. That's what makes us much different than a lot of other companies is that we do a lot of experiential learning. A lot of other companies, they have a tendency of doing, give you a lot of great information and give you a lot of background reasons why and a lot of stuff like that. Uh, Or we'll try to move you from the outside in, we go from the inside out. So experiential learning. The basis is awareness awareness seminar. It's three days um, and then we have a guest event at the end, so it's a four day overall, but it's three days and those three days, You're taking part in tools and techniques and and, um, happenings or or exercises to where you're coming little ah ahas about yourself. You're discovering things about how you're operating as a human being. Um, You're seeing things from a different perspective than you've ever seen it before. And so it's a lot of, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And some of those oh, my goshes, when you take a risk, actually turn into changes or alterations that you can make in your real life in real time right then and so it's a lot of ahas and ah and the ahas they're, they're amazing sometimes and they're they're embarrassing sometimes and it's it's just like boom it's like oh my gosh i couldn't see that and like all ahas if you share it with somebody oh i, I learned this about myself they'll look at you like well i knew that for your whole life you never listened to me well because aha experiences we got to have them Someone else doesn't tell us to have them, we have to have them happen to ourselves. And so it's a discovery process where wonder happens and excitement happens and you're on an adventure where all of a sudden you see things that you've never seen about yourself, but you're it's the same self. You didn't change, you're the same you. And so all these things, you're discovering about how you're operating and why you're doing some of the things that you do and when you're discovering all that stuff, now thinking different ways will create a different lifestyle. Life Success Course happens up on a ranch. We wanna pull you out of the environment that you're used to. because you're in the same environment, we get up the same way, on the same side of bed, you go to your phone, gotta get the phone, you gotta recreate who I am, looking at the phone, brush your teeth, go to the bathroom, take a shower, eat your breakfast in the same place that you always eat your breakfast, sip your coffee or your tea or your organic, whatever, the same way, and so you're doing exactly the same thing. You have a routine that you put together so you can hurry up and go to work, so do do some similar routines during work so you can hurry up and get home and You can watch Game of Thrones or whatever it is you want to watch on TV, check those emails, and hurry up and get into bed so you can do the whole thing again the next day. So we're going to yank you out of that routine, and we bring you up to a ranch in Northern California. Um, And up there, it's a seven-day class where you go through a thing called transformational training. Transforming, we as human beings, we transform. We're dynamic as beings, and so we have to transform who we are. Are. And so what we're doing is that you're dealing with this routines or these attachment energies that you've gotten and we're busting them up through action once again, through experiential happenings. You're actually breaking through them on a, on a, on a daily basis. You're breaking through things about your wealth consciousness. You're breaking through things about your relationship understandings. You're breaking through things about your self-image and who you see yourself to be. Um, All these things you're kind of breaking through, um, culminating in events that take place that leave a mental and emotional mark on you to where you're literally transformed. Your mind is actually renewed and you see your world completely different than you have before. You don't leave the ranch the same way you came on the ranch. You become a different person and you come back into your environment and you can really make some differences happen in there than you have before. In our leadership classes, virtually we have a men's and a women's leadership class. We separate the sexes and whatever you just came up with, that's a good reason. Um, But we separate them and you're working with leadership. And Mr. Wilhite was very, very clear. Leadership starts with yourself. Before you can lead anybody else, other human beings, a family, a company, a city, a nation, before you can lead anybody else, you got to start noticing how you're leading yourself. A good leader is also a great follower. So you got to notice how you follow. Leading of self ultimately starts off with are you in leadership when it comes to your thinking? Are you the one who's honing in what you think about yourself each and every day? Are you allowing spare thoughts or ideas coming in or other people's opinions coming in and distracting you from being the thought process you want? In other words, are you leading yourself? Are you looking at your values? Are you looking at your principles? Are you making the stand and who you want to stand for and who you want to become? Are you the ones becoming who you want to become? Or is this sort of happening over a period of time? It's unfolding as life moves on. In other words, are you at cause or are you at effect in your life? And so you're the leader in there. And so, the leadership class works on leader self, which ultimately affects on how you lead others, and how you lead your companies, and how you lead your, your world, and how you lead your families. Um, how do you how do you be a great mom and great in business at the same time, and have a great relationship? How do you be a great dad, but yet have a relationship with your with your children, and also be a human being around the home? And how we create this is by not doing the examples that we were taught through our parents, but actually noticing and leading our own thought processes, knowing that we can create what we want, how we want it, when we want it, and we're not a victim to what has happened to us in the past. So a leadership class happens on the ranch, it's a nine-day class. Um, Sci-7, or life success course, is a seven-day class, and they're both up on the ranch to get you out of your environments, and so you can actually be transformed into a new person um, by all going through experience, we call them events, you'll be taking events, and through, the, through these events there'll be breakthrough events and happening events there's some classroom work, I'm telling you it's classroom work because um, we got to create a model from what you're going to work with, but man, these events, boom, you find things, just boom, breakthroughs and transformations, so that's our three classes and then I made mention of a thing called the Paysetter Leadership Dynamics class it's a 90 day course that you can take once you've taken the uh, life success course well there's an order too. you gotta take the basic before you can take life success course before you can take leadership so it goes in an order like that and then we have a once a year class we call principia or um, level up Um, and it's where all leadership grads get to be a leadership grad to go to it and they come together and uh, we go through it's a vibrational type training um, we're literally, uh, we bring in top-notch speakers or we bring in top-notch um, event, events and we construct them in such a way to where uh, you are elevated in ways that you never thought before. It's, 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 it's different yearly. Um, it's pretty freaking amazing lately, too. So those are our courses in a nutshell.
0: Thanks, yes. And it all starts with the PSI Basic Seminar. To learn more, go to PSI Basic Seminar. Dot com. Now, Rob, if you could just give us some takeaways from your teaching tonight.
1: Okay, so <clears throat> first off, accept what is. Accept your life. Part of your process is getting out of the resistance you have in your life and actually accepting what's happening in your world. Another one is release your guilt. Release your fear. Or get rid of guilt and fear. And you'll find yourself becoming highly decluttered in your mind, undecluttered, decluttering things. Uh, Let go of being in control. Control is a survival energy. Stop trying to be in control of everything and let life happen around you. Once you know you're doing that, you'll experience more passion and you'll have a deeper level of empathy for yourself and for those around you. Spend time visualizing what's important to you. Get clear, so clear that this image comes up in the worst or darkest days of your life, in the down and in the the worst scenarios that could take place in your world, you'll still see this visual pop up in your head that this is helping you become who you want to become. So get so crystal clear on this visualization about who you want to be, who you're going to be, what do you want in your life, what do you want up there, all jammed up with emotions and energies so that you're just it's in you all the time and it's the force that actually um, generates and happens to the world you're happening to the world versus the world happening to you so you're making things take place out there Uh, get clear on your life energy Um, you have a life force you have an energy around you it's always there start becoming aware of it becoming aware of it then then start noticing how it's affecting you um, and how it's drawing things to you and it's repelling things from you And really practice on being vulnerable, I can't tell you. Practice on becoming a vulnerable human being. It will not only elevate you as yourself, but it also lays down a foundation uh, that teaches those around you, especially your kids, that vulnerability is a powerful, powerful tool that we can use. And once you become vulnerable, you'll see yourself as beautiful, and you'll see yourself as powerful. Um, Get clear on what's not working for you, what's not serving you. And let it go. Let it go. And ultimately get yourself into a meditation habit and get yourself into a journaling habit. Get yourself into a practice where you're doing that every day, where you know you, you want to. Not that you have to, but you know that you want to because you see it make a difference in your world. And create the life that you want. Kat.
0: Great. What a timely topic. Those are some amazing takeaways. Thank you so much, Rob, for sharing your teaching with us tonight.
1: You're very welcome. I had a good time.
0: And thank you, everyone listening in. We hope that you enjoyed the training, have some new tools to move you forward in the pursuit of your dreams and goals. You definitely don't want to miss next month's training. It's scheduled for Tuesday, June 11th. PSI Area Director Joelle Croteau-Willard will be with us next month as we discuss Mastering the Workshop in Your Mind. You can register now at psilive.com. And remember to ask your questions when you register. Again, that's psilive.com. If you're getting value from our podcast, don't forget to rate us and leave a review on iTunes and definitely share it with anyone you think would benefit. Again, for those of you who are new to PSI seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI basic course, you can go to psibasicseminar.com where you'll find information about the class as well as the upcoming dates and locations that are open for registration. Thank you everyone for being with us tonight. We appreciate you taking the time out to listen in. Have a great night.
1: Have a good night.